This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. One of my big concerns is that we don't actually get to see people that are representing ideas that are incredibly important and that are very politicized. We don't get to see them debate. We don't get to see anybody actually have to defend what they're saying anymore. It's all just echo chambers. You saw this recently with Dr. Fauci, and I want to get into some of that and, and also the ways that if we allow the narrative to continue as it is right now from the Fauciite perspective, we are in for a very rough year in terms of individual liberty and economically. So this fight is not yet over, not even close, really, even though the vaccines are out there. But there is another fight that you have to be in these days, and it's the fight for your privacy. This is absolutely essential. This is a must. You need to protect your activity online because everything you search for, watch, or click can be tracked by the big tech companies. They can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. This is standard, okay? This is what the big tech companies do. But when I switch on ExpressVPN on my computer and phone, I have the app on my phone. It's so easy. My IP address is masked by a secure VPN server. It makes it harder for websites to identify me. ExpressVPN also encrypts my network data to protect my sensitive information, you know, credit card, social security number, stuff like that. This is something you've got to have. Stop handing over your data to the big tech companies, all right? They're looking at this all the time. Who knows what they're going to do with it down the line? Go with the VPN that I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash buck. Go right now and just go sign up. Trust me, expressvpn.com slash buck. I've got this on my phone. My family has it on their devices now. I insist that people have this. It's, it's necessary. Expressvpn.com slash buck to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash buck, and you'll get three months free extra when you go right now. Fauci is a petty tyrant. I've told you that many, many times. And it's increasingly clear because here we are at a place where we should have um, a, a willingness to just allow people and allow, allow states and allow individuals to have much more control, much more autonomy over their lives. And Fauci is fighting it at every step of the way. He does not want people to be able to just say, I've gotten vaccinated. I've had enough. I, I now want to just go about my life and make my own decisions. No, the public health bureaucrats, the consensus lockdown left, they aren't letting go of their little grip on power. And I want to remind you, we are now in the one year month anniversary. Uh, a year, a year ago to the to this month, we had the beginning of lockdown, the beginning of this whole new change in, in approach to public health. And it's absolutely atrocious that here we are arguing with public health authorities, unelected bureaucrats, about whether after vaccination we should be able to return to normal activity. They won't allow it. And it's not based on the science. This is a judgment call that they're making. And here's at the heart. Here's what's at the heart of it. They don't want people to be able to to start living their lives again as they see fit. Because then everybody will say, well, hold on a second. They're OK. They're not dying of the virus. They've gotten vaccinated. They're fine. Why can't I do that? 
if they really wanted everybody to get vaccinated as well, there's an incentive issue here. I mean, what they're telling us, the sales pitch from the Fauciites is get vaccinated, but you still got a distance. You still got to wear two masks, not one mask, two masks, one mask, not enough. Maybe goggles too. gloves, goggles, two masks. It's not that uncomfortable. It's not that much to ask. Look at the numbers. You know, they, they tell you, go get vaccinated. Deal with all the hassle of getting a vaccine appointment. Depending on where you are, it can be really onerous. Some places are better about it than others. And afterwards, you still, you still must do all of the things you did, all the mitigation measures that you were doing before you got vaccinated. This is absurd. Dr. Rand Paul, you know, Duke University Medical School. The guy's an MD. It's amazing to see how many people think that he's a Jill Biden fake doctor on the left. Because I've been tweeting about this. I've been trying to make the case publicly and, of course, poke the liberals over this because they deserve it. Poke the leftists. I don't like I've never liked the term liberal for the left. Those of you who have listened to my show now for going on 10 years uh, know that I've always said that they are they intentionally use that. That's a misnomer. That's a misleading term for them. They are anti-liberal. They're authoritarians. They are statists. They are leftists. They are collectivists. They are not liberal. But anyway, uh, there was an exchange on Capitol Hill yesterday where Dr. Rand Paul uh, gave, oh, I don't know, you could say something of a an on air enema to Dr. Fauci because we wanted to see what this guy has really got going on. Want to see what his arguments really are. And Dr. Fauci is full of it. Absolutely full of it. Here's how I, I want to play this for you. And I want you to really hear the back and forth because it's so rare that this guy is subjected to anybody who really knows the data and understands the science. He's every bit as smart. I'm going to tell you this right now. Dr. Rand Paul is every bit as smart as Dr. Fauci. He's smarter than Dr. Fauci. All right. So I, I don't want to hear any of this. Oh, he's not a scientist. Actually, he's an MD, too, and has been practicing medicine for a long time. Dr. Fauci has been a bureaucrat. He's been sitting around in conference rooms at the CD, at, not at the CDC, at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. I just wish it had an easier acronym. CDC is easy to say. Here's how some of this went. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. We don't have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what, now, proof reinf- there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one. Can I finish? We're well, having one one seven that's becoming more dominant policy based on conjecture. No, you it, have. The it isn't based on conjecture. It absolutely is based on conjecture. What we know about other similar viruses and how vaccination works is that and also what we've seen so far in the in the numbers is that the vaccinations are highly effective against even the variants, as Fauci calls them, 
No. Isn't it fascinating also, and hat tip the Federalists for this one, uh, the variants, you can call them the Brazil variant, the South African variant, the, you know, uh, you know, whatever variants. There's some that have these numbers. But if you call it the 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 Wuhan coronavirus, you're causing hate crimes. That That's that's amazing. Is it? So it's, it can be a Brazil variant that's super dangerous and deadly and kills people. That's well, although that's actually not true, by the way, it's. It's slightly more contagious, they think, but it, it isn't more deadly based on what we've seen. Or, or you could say that about South Africa. But if you call it the Wuhan coronavirus, you're causing hate crimes. It, it, interesting sta- double standard that we see there. Um, but variants are always going to exist. And there's always the possibility of more variants. So you see what Fauci is telling you is you have to wait and we have to see if it's possible that there's a much higher reinfection rate with the variants than there currently is, because here's what here's the debate he doesn't want to have. Hold on a minute. You're telling us that people that are 95 percent. Safe against this virus aren't aren't able to go out now without all these restrictions in place and live and live their lives. What is safe? Is it 100 percent? What's the number? When do we get our lives back? When does this actually stop? They don't want to answer that. You'll notice they don't want to tell you. People are starting to pick up on this. In fact, out in Oregon, there are state health officials who are advocating for forever mask policy. This has happened now. In the state of Oregon, the the health officials there are are lobbying or are pushing for, we should just wear masks forever, guys. This is a good idea. These people are insane. They're insane. They're experts. But it's so refreshing to see Rand Paul slap around this little totalitarian smurf, Dr. Fauci. And this is how it goes. So you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No, you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No, you can't get it again. There's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask to have been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. Okay. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. Amen. Oh, Rand Paul. God, what a what a breath of fresh air on this shit, on this issue. They also there's there's some uh, some exchange before the one I played for you where he just he cites major scientific studies about reinfection and about what happens after vaccination to show that there a, a successful vaccine is not one where people worry about reinfection. Reinfection is possible. Anything is possible. But when you're talking about public health, it has to be based upon risks. It has to be based upon the numbers, as Fauci says. And they're just making stuff up now when they say, well, yes, the numbers show you should be able to go back to your normal life. The numbers show that everything should be fine. But there's this possibility of a variant. There's this chance that maybe this thing is different than all the other things we've seen. We don't know that yet, but you will continue to suffer from our dumbass lockdown policies until we have proof beyond any doubt, any doubt 
that this isn't some aberrant situation. That's how they're making health policy now, my friends. That's what they're doing. They're saying, yeah, sure, the numbers suggest that you should be fine, but until we're satisfied that this isn't the different thing from all the other situations like this before it, we're not allowing you to stop with our measures, our restrictions. This has all been a campaign to force you to obey, to bend the knee to the dictates and the anxieties of the leftist lockdown mob. And we are starting to push back effectively enough that they are losing their grip on our faces. Continuing on with the Paul versus Fauci throwdown here on Capitol Hill yesterday. Man, I loved watching Dr. Rand Paul smack this smug uh, little uh, he's Fauci. I, the words I want to use, I can't say on the radio. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I, I totally disagree with you. I totally disagree. You have like a one in a bajillion chance of getting reinfected. So you got to wear a mask. That's where this this little health fascist comes down on this. He's he's double masking now. He wasn't double masking three months ago. He's such a scientist. He's so smart that he just figured this out now. Does anybody believe this crap? Does anyone really think that that's really that's what's going on here? They just figured out now that two masks are so much more important than one. No, what happened is that the mask mandates across the country failed. And instead of admitting and the CDC's own data, fact check me, media matters. Go for it. Instead of the C- looking at the CDC's own data and being honest about it, which is that a mask mandate is so worthless that it's within the, ar- within the margin of error for being a complete nothing. Not that it helps even a little bit. I've been saying, you can go back and listen to earlier, earlier shows. I've been saying since June, yeah, maybe masks help a little bit, but is it 1%, 10%? And is that worth it? Is it worth harassing everybody and doing all this for, for slowing down? Not stopping, slowing down 1% of cases over a 60-day period. Remember, it was always about slowing the spread. There was no stopping the spread. This, this transformed, though, in the public consciousness because of, of people like Fauci. But Rand Paul's absolutely right. Double masking? Double masking? After he's already been... Fauci's been vaccinated. Why is he double masking? Someone try to explain this one to me. Someone tell me what, what the rationale behind this is. And he's absolutely right. Rand Paul's right when he says this is actually all about theater. It's about showing people, showing people um, that... You need to wear a mask, which is not actually science. Now, Fauci, Fauci had to go out on CNN last night and tell everybody, I promise, I promise we're not going to do this forever. You know, there's going to come a time when um, you're so sick of my stupid face that you don't listen anymore. Even the dumb libs that watch MSNBC and think they're so smart, they're going to figure out, oh, wait. Like everyone that was going to get infected pretty much has gotten infected at this point and the masks didn't stop it. But in the meantime, let me say we're not going to do it forever. Play six. 
You know, like I said, there's always a bit of a kernel of truth in what people like Senator Paul says. The kernel of truth is that people are tired of the constraints that you have, the types of things that we as scientists recommend. We're not saying doing this indefinitely. We're not saying this is the way it's going to have to be all the time. We're saying that if you look at the data and look at the science, there is a chance that you could get in trouble if you pull back too prematurely. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that it is not difficult to maintain public health measures when you're doing it for so long. On that, we agree. But the fact is, you know, when you look, Chris, historically at pulling back on mitigation, we look at the different surges that we had. It was always at a time when the cases came down, then they plateaued, and then they started going up again. Right. That's a lie. He's lying to you. No, it, we didn't. We didn't have a a big pullback before the you know before the winter on on mitigation measures. That's not true. But here we are. We saw what the numbers were. Has Fauci ever even tried to explain California versus Florida? Has he ever tried to explain that? No, of course not. Why isn't he asked about that? Why doesn't someone say? I'm sure he'd say, well, the data, it's complicated. You know, whenever he doesn't have an answer, it's complicated, the science. He goes into the usual nonsense. This comes with real consequences. You don't see it because the people that work at CNN, they love this. They love this. They get to they got to defeat Trump, put the coronavirus ticker at the bottom of the screen. Look at all the death in their minds. It it justified all the lies, all the smears, all the stuff that they did against Donald Trump. He is the monster they said he was because, look, he didn't take the virus seriously. And they got to work from home and they, their salaries stayed the same. In fact, they had a big ratings boost in the election year. Everything was fine for them. You don't hear from the people that have been self-medicating with alcohol and opioids because they're under inhuman amounts of stress because they're just watching their life's work, their business evaporate over months and months, watching their life savings go down to zero, watching their children develop anxiety disorders and real behavioral problems from being in this in this form of, of at-home detention, you know, the virtual learning that does not work. That, that experiment has been tried and failed. You don't see that. No, no. All you see is the weaponization of the body count of senior citizens from COVID-19 by CNN and other bad faith actors to attack their political opponents. That's what's really gone on here. All right. This is a virus that is dangerous for the elderly and those with serious health conditions. And what CNN has done is use that as a as a weapon to bludgeon their political opponent, not just see it in New York Times. I mean, the whole the whole lib media apparatus has done this and allowed no dissent. And the, and the social media companies have been awful. I'm still targeted by Facebook and Twitter and can't reach my audience. I'm, thank God I can talk to you on radio and they haven't figured out how to censor my podcast, although they don't feature my podcast in the Apple store the way that they should based on the actual downloads because I'm not connected and, you know, the whole thing. But. The, the, the fact of the matter is they didn't even allow open debate and discussion about these things. I mean, what's really going on now is, is Fauci, the, the little health fascist, is running around telling you you have to keep wearing double masking now because we have to wait for the whole country to get vaccinated. The whole country's not going to get vaccinated. That's never going to happen. 
A lot of people aren't going to do it. A lot of people are going to say, why should I do this? Especially if they're young and healthy. I'm not going to do this. What are you going to have the government mandate it? This is going to stretch on for months and months and months more. The CDC just came out and said, you know, yeah, maybe the six feet of distancing in schools isn't necessary. Maybe it's three. Three feet in distancing is basically no distancing. We're not idiots. We can see this. The CDC was just making this crap up. Next week, I will announce our next goal to put shots in arms. This is a time for optimism, but it's not a time for relaxation. I need all Americans, I need all of you to do your part. Wash your hands, stay socially distanced, keep masking up as recommended by the CDC, and get vaccinated when it's your turn. Now's not the time to let down our guard. In the last week, we've seen increases in the number of cases in several states. Scientists have made clear that things may get worse as new variants of this virus spread. Getting vaccinated is the best thing we can do to fight back against these variants. While millions of people are vaccinated, we need millions more to be vaccinated. And again, I need you to get vaccinated when it comes when it's your term and you're able to do that. I need your help. I need you to help. Not just the country, but your family, your friends, your neighbors. Get them vaccinated as well. This declining fool that we're told is, is the great leader the country needs right now. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look the American people right in the eye and I'm going to tell them, hey, the science, this is what the science says. And they're all going to listen. Because when Joe Biden says science, you know he's a really smart guy. The variants. We're supposed to now be held hostage to the variants. We don't know if the variants are going to get around the vaccination. We don't know if the variants are going to continue to mutate and change in any way. Uh, but we still have to live our lives in fear of them. If I had told you a year ago, if we were having this debate a year ago, and you know that this is true, you know that I'm right. If I had told you that the Democrat position would morph over time, and this is a very much a political and partisan thing. Now, that is absolutely what it has become. It's been that way for a long time. The Democrat position on this would be we need to we need to double mask after getting vaccinated as individuals. You will be wearing two masks after you get a vaccine that all of the data says has a 95 percent, depending on the vaccine, I know. But the main one that people are getting a 95 percent effectiveness against serious disease, against a serious infection of, of COVID-19, you would say, oh, OK, so the Democrats have lost their minds. And I would say that is correct. That's where we are. We, we have the end of this now. It, it is in our hands. They never want to allow this to be the end. They haven't gotten enough. Biden's only been in office for two months. The complacent American people the masked up, knee bending, terrified American people have not been abused enough. I mean, they've been molded into a place now where they can be forced into these things. But the, but the Democrats haven't gotten the full political mileage out of this. We've got a world to save from climate change. 
And, you know, if, if they can force you to wear a mask, maybe they can force cows to stop farting. I mean, who knows? Who knows what we're going to see in our future here? They're not willing to give this up. They can tell you to stay in your home. They can shut down your church. They can shut down your business. This was the original open excuse for social media censorship. Don't you see that? It wasn't actually the election dispute. They started going after COVID misinformation at Facebook and Twitter and Google and YouTube. That was their first move. That was the first time that the social media platforms showed us, told us, we have picked a side in public debate. You are not allowed to take the other side. Okay. That's a big change in society. You know, this would be the equivalent of in the in the 19, you know, let's say in the 1980s, all the newspapers in the country said we, we refuse to publish conservative opinion on the economy. We, we, we refuse. It is a wrong thing. You're forcing people into poverty if you believe that lowering taxes and allowing for more growth and prosperity is a better economic plan. You know, if you believe in Reaganomics, you're a bad person. And so we cannot publish that anywhere. In fact, we will suppress it openly. That's what we've seen with the social media companies. And it started over COVID lockdowns. I have been telling you this all along. I know a lot of people were running around just with their, you know, MAGA, MAGA, MAGA all the time. And oh, my gosh, Hunter Biden. And that does tie into the censorship issue, which is important. But there are people that were that should have been fighting this fight with me. And instead, we're just just gripping onto the MAGA train because it was what was easiest and best for their careers. This was the central fight all along. This is why Trump lost the election. This issue. I mean, when, when I, I spoke to senior people on the Trump campaign and, and they, you know, without attribution, but I, I talked to them pretty recently and, and they were telling me that really all you had to know is, did somebody really believe Fauci? If they really believed Fauci, they voted for, for Joe Biden. I mean, I really believed in him. If they were a big Fauci, they voted Biden, irrespective of everything else. If they had questions about Fauci, they voted for Trump. I mean, with over like a 90 percent accuracy on that. So that's really all you had to know. This was the central issue and it ties into everything else. Don't you think the American people would be a little bit more uh, a little bit more engaged if we could actually have, oh, I don't know, rallies about the immigration crisis right now? How did the Tea Party get going? What was it really? It, It wasn't so much an online movement. There was some online organization. It was people showing up. And when people see a lot of other people showing up, when they see that that act of of solidarity, when they see that mobilization, then they realize, wow, maybe I should show up, too. And I should tell other people we should have our voices heard by the government. They wouldn't even allow that in the early stages of the lockdown. You remember this? They were dispersing lockdown protesters based on the lockdown orders. And now here we are with a Biden administration that is everybody's left wing, more left wing. You are now seeing an administration that is more progressive and more left wing than the Obama administration. That's just reality. And where is the counter movement? Where where are we? Well, we're so busy making sure that we have some 
filthy, you know, soiled cloth to put over our mouth, loosely fitted while we're going to the grocery store because some people in the country have just been brainwashed into this this lunacy of all you have to do is wear a mask and we're going to stop this thing. Yeah. How'd that work out for us? We're all wearing masks. Okay. I live here in New York City. Everybody was masking the whole time. The virus ripped through while the mask mandates were in effect. Didn't make a difference. The CDC's own data tells you the mandate did not make a substantive difference. But people don't want to think that they are not that smart or that they have bad judgment or that they can be fooled, that they're the the sheep never want to believe they're sheep. Sheep think they're lions. That's the problem. In our politics, that's always the way this goes. The people that are most easily led by the mob, by the crowd, believe that they're brave. That's, in fact, one of the great appeals of being a member of, of the sheep is that you get to be safe and warm and fed and think that you're a hero. You get to have the state take care of you. You do what you're told, and that's a mark of bravery. In this instance, that's how the left sees this. That's how the collectivists set all this up. But this left wing Biden administration, that's exactly what it is. No concession whatsoever on the issue of of lockdowns and what the data actually shows us. You'll notice the Biden administration, they're terrified of people figuring out what a miracle Florida has been in, in comparison to everywhere else. They're terrified of people really understanding that more broadly than they already do. I mean, you see the way that this keeps getting reported on. I mean, it's it's remarkable stuff. Uh, you have uh, you have, for example. Politico, here's a headline from Politico. Ron DeSantis is very pleased with himself. And I just tell everyone that that you should note the thinly veiled seething contempt that the journos have for Ron DeSantis for saving millions of Floridians from absurd and worthless lockdowns that wrecked economies and ruined lives. The journos are mad at him for this because he makes them look like fools because they were all cheerleaders for lockdown. You're saving lives. You're saving lives. Not true. Look at the data. Look at states with mask mandates and without. Great data just came out on schools that had masks required Uh, mixed mask policy and mask optional. Who wants to guess what that showed for transmission, specifically in schools? This is controlled environment. Did did, did schools with mask mandates fare any better than schools without mask mandates? This is in the U.S. This is now the most recent data set on this. Anyone want to guess? No difference. Rise and fall, the infections right, right in line with each other. Same thing. Didn't change a thing. How much more of this is it going to take? Well, it's not about the numbers anymore, as you see. It's about all these other things. It's not about keeping you safe. It's about controlling you. It's not about speaking the truth. It's about people feeling like they're smarter than they are, feeling like they're better than they are. That's what's at the center of all of this. And then you have this progressive Biden administration, all the handlers around Biden who are really controlling everything and the recognition that they're just beginning to show you what they've really got planned. You know, we, we were left in a in a very weakened political position after Trump's first four years. I mean, this virus, the devastation of the virus and the lockdowns has put us in a place where there's not a lot of effective Republican pushback against what's happening right now. 
the Democrats know they they smell blood in the water and they're in the midst of a political frenzy right now. They're trying to get everything they they trying to get everything they've dreamed of getting done as quickly as possible before the American people can wake up and say, hold on a second. This isn't what we were promised. This isn't the Biden administration. The media told us we're going to have. We'd have this this cuddly old grandpa we could all count on who, you know, would just get it done the way that we needed him to get it done and all this stuff. I mean, Joe Biden, they call him a moderate politically before this. He wasn't Joe Biden wasn't a moderate. He was a mediocrity. He was a go along to get along guy from Delaware who's been in politics longer than I've been alive. It's not impressive. And what's happened now is they're using this guy in order to get what they want politically. The left is doing that. Must be matched with fairness and equity. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago. President, President Harris and I took a... I, I know that they're going to say, oh, that's just a little little slip, slip of the tongue. You know, a slip of the tongue from Biden, a sniff of the head from Biden, a uh, a creepy grasping of the shoulders from behind by Biden. You know, all those things that he does. Um, I, I know that there's there's going to say that that's just. Uh, what, maybe a senior moment, is that what we would call it to be gentle about it? But notice that he says it and then doesn't even stop himself now. I understand that many of us on the right have been predicting for a long time now that it is only a matter of time before the Biden administration turns into the Harris administration. And this is this isn't some long shot conspiracy theory thing. This is the guy's almost 80. The the rigors of the presidency are substantial. I mean, look at George W. Bush. Look at Barack Obama when they came into office, when they left. I mean, they the presidency aged both of them dramatically, um, particularly. I think you say Bush. I mean, Bush was a, like a different human being at the end of it. And Joe Biden is is not up for this. I mean, we've seen this. We've we've it's been very clear all along that this was going to be an issue. And when he says things like this, the media will just push it aside. But they're living in an alternate reality. It's like when I told you about the the Matt Taibbi piece on the Sovietization of the American media. There are now there, comedians are, are bemoaning the fact that there's nothing to make fun of with Joe Biden. I mean, this is a guy who says absurd and dumb things on a regular basis and who is like is like Mr. Magoo walking around here as the president of the United States, you know, going up to a, a dump truck and petting it because he thinks it's a cow. I mean, he has no idea what the hell is going on sometimes and they can't make fun of him. Right. Because Trump was so scary. Oh, my gosh. Trump is so scary. Who's really running this administration? Who's really calling the shots? We know doesn't look like it's Joe Biden. I mean, to say that this guy is a leader in any meaningful sense. Also, I, I hate this thing when he walks out. He's by himself in the White House, walks out well, you know, wearing his mask until he gets up to the podium. Yeah, th- this is theater. Th- this is this is like the definition of theatrics. And it's exactly what we're seeing here over and over again. But people want to be- people want to believe what they want to believe. And. You know, for example, here, CNN's own Don Lemon, who Trump very 
famously referred to as, I think, the dumbest person. I think Trump called Don Lemon the dumbest person on TV, which is almost, I think, for, for news media, that's not quite true. There, there are dumber. There are dumber people. I tell you, Don Lemon is no genius, but there are dumber people who are who have big platforms and who who go on TV. Um, but here's the Don Lemon assessment, which is the CNN assessment, which is just let's just talk about how great Joe Biden is, even though it's absurd. Play twelve. Why don't you be a patriot? Why don't you just be a decent human being and stop trying to be so negative and 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 get Dr. Fauci or Joe Biden? Guess what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joe Biden is doing a fantastic job when it comes to the pandemic. He's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He's getting shots in people's arms. He's following the science. He's not giving you lies. He's not telling you that light and bleach and disinfectant is going to help you when you inject it inside of your body. So stop it on the right because the guy you had in the office did really dumb stuff and told you crazy things, lied about you, gaslighted you, and you fell for it and you believe it. And now you're walking around and you don't want to get the vaccine. Why? Because you say you don't trust it, but you really don't want to get it because Joe Biden is doing a great job with it. And that is the truth. Now take that to the bank. (laughs) Oh, CNN really does put morons on TV all the time. Biden versus Putin round one. This is showing you just what we've got with this, uh, the foreign policy expectations that we should all have for the Biden administration. Remember, Joe Biden, the way they sold him early on when when he was picked as the vice president, uh, when he was picked as the vice president for um, Barack Obama, was that he had great foreign policy experience and he was so knowledgeable about the foreign about foreign policy of the United States. And then the the one area, I think, of the Obama administration that was the most universally understood to be unsuccessful and disastrous by any, by anyone who's honest. I mean, I know that, you know, you have Ben Rhodes going on MSNBC. We were great. We're so smart. Yeah. Ben Rhodes was like the foreign policy architect of the Obama administration. I mean, the, the people they put in charge of things, you look at them, you say, are you, are you guys serious now? See, I actually tell you the truth and that some of the people that were in very senior positions in the Trump administration were very bad choices, too. And Trump admits that now. So people who were very mad at me when I said things like this is a bad pick. He shouldn't have his kids as his top advisors. He shouldn't have, you know, Rex Tillerson as a secretary of state or whatever the case may be. And they said, you know, Buck Trump knows what he's doing. Actually, no. On some of those things, he didn't. And that's okay. No one's perfect. I get it. Easy for me to sit outside the White House and and call it out. But I will say sometimes it was obvious. But I think Trump's. Hart was in the right place with 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 most of those picks. I understand the family issue is uh, I, I think that was that that's really the one that I just find the most uh, the most inexplicable and indefensible. But anyway, um, but Biden just put dumbasses in charge of things. I'm sorry. The Obama administration. <laughs> see, it all it all now starts to starts to come together in your head. Uh, the Obama administration just put people in charge of a lot of things that you'd say, wow, you know, like John Kerry, for example. Secretary of State, by the way, one of the most overrated intellects on the planet is Hillary Clinton, where we're told that she's so impressive based on what? Based on what? Based on being ruthless, based on being uh, cunning and completely, uh, you know, amoral. That, That makes her really smart. Hello. 
Hillary. Have you ever heard her say something? He's wow, that was really astute. That was really good. No, she's a Russia collusion truther. She lost the election. When when asked, I mean, famously, when they asked about her foreign policy, when there were discussions about what she had accomplished as secretary of state, her then spokesperson started stammering and said something about how she's flown so many miles on the secretary of state's plane all over the world. It was like a million miles or some crazy number. And we're all supposed to be impressed by that. Oh, so she went on a lot of a lot of taxpayer funded boondoggles on a big fancy jet to go to basically have parties in foreign embassies as secretary of state. Yeah, real challenging stuff, you know, for Hillary Clinton. But let's dive into the, what we're seeing so far from the Putin administration. I'm sorry, the Biden administration on foreign policy when it comes to Putin uh, and also China. I mean, our, our two major geopolitical opponents are Russia and China. But Russia is in, in irritation. You know, Russia can be a problem for us. Russia is like the snake that can bite you. China is the snake that has venom that can kill you. There's a difference, right? One of them hurts and can slow you down. The other one can can end you. And and China is just a, a graver, more serious threat across the board to U.S. long term geopolitical interests. Um, you look at the size of the Chinese economy, the Chinese population, just everything is is trending in their direction right now. Russia's. You got a fraction of the U.S. population, a fraction of the economy, uh, yeah, all kinds of problems, but already causing problems for the Biden administration. Here is uh, here's the, the story up on CNN. Quote, the Kremlin has reacted angrily to U.S. President Joe Biden's remarks that Russian leader Vladimir Putin is a killer, calling the comment unprecedented and describing the relationship between the two countries as very bad. Putin on Thursday Nevertheless, invited Biden to hold open open talks in the wake of the remarks. In an interview with ABC that aired Wednesday, Biden said Putin will pay a price for his efforts to undermine the 2020 U.S. election following a landmark intelligence assessment in America that found the Russian government meddled in the 2020 election with the aim of denigrating Biden's candidacy. When interviewer George Stephanopoulos asked Biden if he thought Putin was a killer? The president said, mm-hmm, I do. Responding to the comments, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told reporters on Thursday that there hasn't been anything like this in history. He said it was clear that Biden definitely does not want to improve relations with Russia, and the relationship between the two countries is very bad. When asked how it can affect relations, Peskov, Peskov said it is absolutely clear how, but refused to elaborate. These are very bad statements by the president of the United States. He definitely does not want to improve relations with us. We'll continue to proceed from this. And then Putin responded Thursday by saying, I'd like to offer President Biden the opportunity to continue our discussion, but on condition that he'll will do so what is called live online without anything pre-recorded in an open and honest discussion. Putin is calling out Biden and saying, let's have an online live chat old man let's let's do this let's have a discussion here now this would be fascinating i mean you can just sort of picture this in your head it would be on one hand putin being like oh you're too old for this why are you even having this conversation with me right now i don't even know why are we having this talk with the old man who who is looking like he is um, spitting up his uh, applesauce 
I don't want more of this applesauce uh, man chewing uh, with the the face that looked like he's asleep. Why am I having this? And then and then Biden saying, you know, here I am, buddy. I'm staring you down, and I'm looking you right in the face, and I'm starting to fade a little bit. It's starting to get a little foggy up here, but you know, hey man, there I was, you know, looking at some ICBMs 20 years ago. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy Corn Pop arrives. And Corn Pop is saying, hey, man, why? those are intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missiles. Those are big. Those make a big boom. And I said, you're right, Corn Pop. Maybe I should make you chief of my national security. And, and what was I saying again? And then Putin's going to look and be like, so this is what America, America uh, elect this stupid uh, old man and makes uh, comments about me. Um, why do we think America will be able to beat China? I think I need to be better friends with China. And speaking of which, you also have a little bit of a diplomatic dust-up with the Chinese. So, so Putin challenges Biden to an on-air debate, on-air discussion, and no surprise, Biden says, you know, that's not, that's not happening, uh, which would be fascinating. Now, Putin's English is not that good, so it would have had to be through a translator, but it would still would have been worth worth checking that one out. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I, I have some idea of the things that I have some guesses at the, the things that Putin would say and that might trip up Biden a little bit. The best thing he could do is be like, why are you guys so crazy? Why are the Democrats pretending like Russia is changing the course of your elections and stuff? This is delusional. This is really unhelpful. You, you shouldn't be doing this. This shouldn't be happening. Um, but it, but it is anyway, uh, the Chinese also had a had an exchange here. I think they've got talks going on in is it in Alaska. Uh, and so there's a there's a sit down first U.S. China meeting under Biden gets off to a rocky start. That's what that's what it says on CNBC here. The two day talks uh, conclude today. And you had uh, where was this? Yeah, Anchorage, Alaska. I was right. Okay, up, up, up in Anchorage. I've been to Anchorage. Nice town. Nice town. Doesn't really feel like a city, but it feels like a nice town. And uh, I know we we actually have some great Team Buck listeners up there. So here's what we get from the Chinese when faced with the overwhelming intellectual heft of the Biden foreign policy team. This is the way that they they're, they're staring at Tony Blinken and Tony Blinken is a is an elitist Democrats version of what a secretary of state should be. A guy who looks comfortable in a suit and, you know, has some tufts of gray in his hair and speaks in a kind of, you know, soft monotone and uses fancy words and never gets anything done. A, a really suave worthless bureaucrat is is that's their ideal that's what i mean a lot of diplomats are exactly that but tony blinken definitely fits into that category you know what go went to all the right schools checked all those boxes on the way here's how the chinese communist party foreign affairs chief uh yang ji chi reacts to this brilliant biden foreign policy team play two We'll also discuss our deep concerns with actions by China, including in Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, cyber attacks on the United States, economic coercion toward our allies. Each of these actions threaten the rules-based order 
that maintains global stability. Well, you can't blame this problem on somebody else. I have to tell you, what I'm hearing is very different from what you described. Uh, I'm hearing deep satisfaction that the United States is back, that we're re-engaged with our allies and partners. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. Well, I think we thought too well of the United States. We thought that the U.S. side will follow the necessary diplomatic protocols. So for China, it was necessary that we make our position clear. So let me say here that in front of the Chinese side, the United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength. The U.S. does not have the qualifications to speak to China from a position of strength. That is from their foreign affairs chief. I just want to know. Did you ever hear anything like that from the Chinese to Trump directly at a press conference like this or to Trump's secretary of state? I, I don't remember anything like that. Just going to put that out there. They're basically saying, all right, you, all right, you Biden jerks. Now, there, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. Let's see how this goes for you. Uh, China is going to do donuts in the White House's front yard for the next four years while Biden gets, you know, run over by his German shepherd. I mean, the whole thing is just going to be absurd. That's what that's what we're facing. That's what's going to end up happening here. 